0: It's Fans of the Genre 45 for October 27th, 2017. I'm Rhodes Clark. I'm Brian Swanson. And I'm Mike Krieger. This is the show where we talk to you about puppies, industrial cleaning products, artisan-inspired meatloaf, but today we're going to talk to you about video games. Hey guys, I got a a little poem for you. Are you ready?
1: Yes. (laughs) I'm never ready. Here we
0: go, off the rails. Don't you know it's time to raise our sails? It's freedom like you never knew. Don't need bags or a pass. Say the word, I'll be there in a flash. You could say my hat is off to you. Oh, well, we can zoom all the way to the moon from this great wide wacky world. Jump with me, grab coins with me. Oh yeah. It's time to jump up in the air. Jump up, don't be scared. Jump up and your cares will soar away. And if the dark clouds start to swirl, don't fear, don't shed a tear. Cause I'll be your one up girl so let's all jump up super high high up in the sky there's no power up like dancing you know that you're my superstar no one else can take me this far i'm flipping the switch get ready for this let's do the odyssey happy mario odyssey day guys it's friday
2: yeah it's friday how is it oh
1: god (laughs) i'm dead because it's so good (laughs) um it's so good i have it's played i have
0: played mario odyssey when um at target and played a demo did you
1: did you speedrun it
0: no i um no <laughs> no
1: you just like kind of stick your feet in the sand and like experienced like being in that world
0: that was pretty much what it felt like i i tried to do the objectives um but it was cool it's a fun i'm excited about it i'm excited to hear what you guys think about it when you finally get your hands on it um
1: i mean mikey's played it too
2: right yeah i played it at max <clears throat> oh
0: yeah <clears throat> i uh i played it with the uh the demo they had up at target was the joy cons attached to the joy con grip thing or like the yeah and uh i thought it felt a little awkward but um maybe with a pro controller it would feel a little better but what have you guys been playing
1: um nothing honestly i've been uh i played a little bit of divinity 2 and some stardew valley but i feel like beyond that i haven't really played anything of note mm. yeah hq mike and i've been playing yeah, hq Yeah, yeah.
2: HQ, HQ, do we know yeah. what hq stands for high quality
1: high, high quality it's a good app is that
0: actually what it stands uh, for
2: I don't, <laughs> I don't know oh okay hq is
1: an app uh on iphone and android i believe i think that we talked exists, about it last week right or, i don't think so mm. maybe
0: i think i talked about a movie that it reminded me of
1: maybe maybe it's made by the uh some ex like vine executives That's so cool. i learned that this week yeah and it's a trivia app where you can play and win money thousands of people play it's hosted by scott sometimes sarah <laughs> Have you seen Sarah yet, Mikey?
2: No, um, I think I started like the day after Sarah did, like did hers. Sarah came in and then the next day,
1: Scott looked really sweaty.
2: Yeah, he's just really sweaty and his eyes look dead. Um, like on Waypoint, they totally undersold how great Scott actually is. Like, I really enjoy Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I there's always one question like so it's um, Twice a day, it is a live video broadcast that is a like real time uh, trivia game. And then, like, yeah, when I started playing last week, there's maybe like 8,000 people playing. And now it's like 17,000, was what was in like six o'clock tonight, like 17,000, wow. 18,000 people playing. Um, and yeah, it's like if you like it continually gets harder and harder. And then if you uh, get a question wrong, you're eliminated. And so uh, the price pool is split up usually between like, 10 to 25 people at the end. And uh, the, in standard games, there's like 250 bucks up for grabs that gets split between the winners. Um, but this weekend there was, was it 1250? Uh, I did see
1: 1250 at one point. I think it was on Sunday yeah, night. Yeah,
2: Sunday night the, there was a 1250 and like so uh, I think like 16 people won. So they each took home like 130 bucks. 80 or, bucks. Yeah, 180 bucks. No, it was just 80 oh, bucks. It was just 80 bucks? bucks? Per oh. Yeah. Well, either way, it was, it's, like it's a free game to just download and uh, it's fun. It's it funny. It's entertaining. Uh, I I like trivia. Um, and like in the comments, everyone's like shouting at waypoint all the time. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's got this weird like or it's, got, it's actually I would say
1: fantastic combination of people that are like in it because they want to see like some th- some kind of like lore or I don't know, some kind of like weird bullshit evolve from like what what Scott as a, as the host could like bring to it. Like people want to see something like bizarre happen. It's got that internet crowd engaged, but it's also got a lot of folks that just like trivia, you know? So I think that's a really good combination of, of people because you have like people at waypoint as an example, who are really kind of just in it to see what happens. And then you've got people that like trivia, which is, I would say a lot bigger of a market that could just win cold, hard cash. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Is Scott, pre-recorded or is he like responding to chat at all
1: he's responding
2: to chat
0: yeah that's no crazy. It's, he's
2: calling people out yeah he's calling people out he uh so it's live
0: like, yeah that's yeah cool. it's,
2: it's a live yeah. video it's like just a live broadcast um wow there's even technical difficulties
1: so it's like hmm. i don't know like i, I kind of like that just as a thing like it's, yeah. it's, they're pretty human about like oh something messed up like we're back
0: honestly it's part of why i like giant bombs so much is because sometimes that just stuff just like fucks up <laughs> yeah. but um yeah, yeah. and that's uh
2: cool. The Majin Buu saga started airing in September 2001.
0: Okay, thank you for settling a pre-show argument. (laughs) Humans in humans on the uh, SS, oh shoot, I'm gonna mess it up. On the ship in Dead Space uh, get corrupted. Ishimura. Ishimura, thank you, uh, get corrupted by aliens and they become necromorphs. Did you know that?
1: Do you know why yet?
0: No, I don't. I haven't figured that out yet. Uh, I've been playing Dead Space Mm. um, sort of in response to uh, Visceral's um, v- Visceral being shut down last week, I uh, I checked out on EA Origin. They've got like a um, thing called Origin Access and there's like just a ton of games in the vault and it's like 10 bucks a month or something. Is it five or 10? Whatever it is, Ten. it's pretty reasonable and there's tons of EA games uh, available for free basically after you pay the 10 bucks a month. Um, so dead sp- all three Dead Spaces are on there so I'm going to make time to play through all of them but I just started... Um, first one and i'm like partway through chapter three now uh
1: so you did the med bay right
0: yep Hmm. yeah i think so
1: and then what part are you what's like the the, are you on the the bridge now
0: the last thing i did was turn on a sort of like horizontal uh lift by pulling with kinesis like a, a switch down and then i um i took this little horizontal lift across the way and there's like guys waiting for me i think i'm at the command center of the bridge or something yeah yeah um it's cool
1: there's a really good like uh zero g area on the outside of the ship coming up if you haven't gotten to it yet that's kind of cool
0: nice um i have to be honest i spent the first hour and a half trying to get this thing to play well on my pc like it's an older game i can't expect it to work perfectly but uh by default when you turn it on like and play with mouse and keyboard, Um, there's, like, a huge mouse delay. So you have to, like, go into NVIDIA's control panel, which is different than the the GeForce experience, which, you know, these are things that I'm still learning as I, you know, uh, make my foray into PC gaming. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you have to, like, disable VSync in one of them, and then enable it in-game, and then, like, enter code to change the mouse sensitivity outside of the game... To beyond what it's possible of doing and it's still not perfect like there's still a little bit of lag but like it's it's turned up enough that i can i can make make do and the the combat i would say doesn't necessarily require like twitchy reflexes so it's just like you know being making sure i'm lining up shots and stuff um
2: yeah it it's the like just right the just the right amount of like horror meets action where like yeah. the, the original like silent hills and resident Evil is like those are just too clunky. And I, um, I understand that those games are clunky for like important reasons for like contextualizing what that game is and what it wants you to feel.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: but there's something about like, like resident evil four nailed it. And I think that space nails it Yeah, like that sweet balance of like, like not kind of like corrupting the purity of what that, um, like what that kind of game is while also like making it just like really entertaining and like exciting to play through.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, this feels like a direct sort of sequel or like some sort of like spiritual successor to resident evil Four. like if resident evil hadn't gone down a more action heavy, uh, couple of years really. I I mean, Dead
2: Space did the same thing.
0: No, I I know. Yeah. That's the ironic part, but, uh, yeah, this feels like, like, because of the inventory management, the sort of, I mean, down to the third-person gameplay, this feels like a very intentional response to Resident Evil 4. Um, yeah, yeah. Except it's I mean, a little like, bit more like it, half, like, valve with its uh, weapons and, like, the way that you interact with the environment, I feel like is a little bit more creative than a Resident Evil game. Totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, like, I it's feel all like about that's the, the Western yeah.
2: um, kind of... Because, like, even today, like, that's been my big qualm with games like... Uh, like Yakuza, like it's really Mm -hmm. cool to walk around, but like, it definitely feels like you're just walking through corridors. Um, even when they like flesh out what, like what the walls of those corridors are, which in like Yakuza, it's like this really cool, like eighties Japanese aesthetic. But like for me that that's was like the biggest, like foible of, um, let it die. It's like, no, that this game is straight up. You're just walking through like bland corridors and like awkwardly fighting things. And, um, (laughs) yeah, like I, definitely in dead space like it's so like that that environment is so fucking good and like just being able to interact with it and like having it be more fleshed out and there being a lot more like um environmental like storytelling and like just the the world is like conceived as like a like lived in space
0: Um, yeah we like to rag on the uh environmental storytelling thing and and games and by we i just mean like the gaming community
2: yeah because the three of us love it
0: Yeah, yeah, by that we mean, um, (laughs) you know, like when you walk into a room and there's like writing on the wall, then it's very like kind of corny, Mm -hmm. like you won't get out alive sort of stuff to like imply that something bad happened there or or that. I don't know the stuff that you actually see in the ship uh, in dead space is like it's it's often limited to like one smaller space within the larger ship. So like there's one room where shit got really weird and people were confined and there's writing all over the walls. And there's blood everywhere, but it's not like that everywhere in the ship. You know what I mean? And the writing actually feels human. It's stuff like we're fucked or, you know, uh, and then like people like in a bathroom stall, like someone write we're fucked and someone will respond to that with a different pen and different handwriting and say like being fucked is good sometimes or something like that. It's it's really, it feels really real uh, as opposed to some of the more Mm. like egregious examples.
1: Yeah, and like right around the same time, too, I don't know if you, you guys played a lot of it, but like Left 4 Dead did a lot of that mm-hmm. with within their uh, safe houses. There were a lot of like really silly conversations that would go on that kind of felt like an internet message board in a lot of ways, yeah. where um, one group would walk into a safe house and write, like, we're fucked, and then another person would write, like, how exactly
2: would you define fucked, though? Yeah, uh, the, my favorite thing that I've seen on the internet the past couple of weeks is somebody made a mod where it replaces all of that text in Left 4 Dead with uh, Jaden Smith tweets yes Hell so yes. fucking so good, good. <laughs> it's amazing oh my god yeah i god yeah i that, that single-handedly made me want to pick up that game again
1: <laughs> and also watch Ni- neo yokio again for like the fourth time yeah
0: <laughs> uh so yeah that's that space i'm i'm excited to, to play some more um there's something else. Also- a
1: little further than my xbox playthrough but i bought it on xbox one uh for backwards compatibility i bought all three actually mm-hmm. but um i'll probably play one on that and then i might play two on pc with you and then three co-op
0: that'd be cool i would love to play yeah. co-op because i hear uh if we
1: can't i don't know how the online pass, pass plays into that oh yeah
0: i didn't think about that i'll see i'll, I'll boot I up dead space just, 3 and see what i i'd imagine that ea just like avoided all of those don't you think at this point i hope
2: so <laughs> yeah uh, i mean it's, it's i mean like i, I hate to be yeah. the no nah, i know like EA yeah. sucks but yeah and again, like
1: the, the whole reason I think Origin Access exists is to convince you to buy DLC, so
0: it's a good point.
1: Like, you could play Battlefront on there or something, but you can also have to buy the DLC for it, I think, or something. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. I didn't think about that,
1: so we'll see. Maybe they just, eh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to give you some levier, but I, it's hard. Yeah, problematic fave.
0: Fair enough. Uh, I've also been returning to Cuphead. Uh, I'm still only on the second island, but there's... I'm slowly but surely making progress through some of the bosses. I think um, there are certain things about that game that are revealing itself to me to be a little, like... I mean, it all feeds back into the loop of, like, understanding the boss and the level and everything to, like, know what to avoid. But there's... There's the genie boss that really frustrated me are It's one of the ones where you're flying in a plane and Mm -hmm. uh, a good strategy is to sort of just like cling to the left side and dodge all of his stuff while constantly shooting at him and shooting all of his projectiles. Once you get past the first phase, the the top and bottom of the screen come in to form a sort of like corridor and you're uh, blocked in by these columns that come out in front of you and you're supposed to like shoot your way through the columns. If you go from one, like the left end of the screen to the right end, uh, and you make it all the way, you push it to the very f- edge of the screen, a, a projectile will come out from the bottom and hit you. Like, and that makes sense when you're fighting the boss because that's where he's positioned the entire time. But in a spot where you're ostensibly trying to be safe, you know, like in, in a, where that sort of threat isn't real. Uh, it felt really unfair. Like, like I'm not allowed to just be on that side of the screen um, during this phase. It was kind of a weird... I'm probably not really explaining it correctly, but there's little things about it. Like, the final phase of that boss, you're facing off against him. He's, like, much bigger, and he's moving his hands around in the first couple of frames. And everything else but the game will tell you that if you touch an enemy, you'll get hurt. But for those, like, five seconds when he's, like, moving his hands around, summoning these, like, three triangular like projectiles you can actually float next to them and be okay or like you can go behind them um so the first time i made it to that phase i tried to avoid them at all costs but you you end up getting hit by those projectiles that he summons and i don't know i'm i'm kind of rambling but there's little things about the game that feel like unfair um sure
1: that seems to be like the feedback that i've that i've heard for that game like the further you get the more they're kind of just extrapolating off of the loop and having to kind of pull in things that aren't nearly as fun as the cool mechanics they developed in the first half of the game. But I guess like,
0: yeah,
2: the the genie is pretty though, But, um, yeah, like I, is it? Yeah. I, I never really, I can't recall the problems that you ran into Mm -hmm. with him. Um, but when I was playing co-op, he was definitely one of the harder bosses. And then, um, then, yeah, like, going in and playing it solo, like, it was so much easier because, like, mm. the way that it scales the difficulty is that it, like, it doesn't just, like, double the health. I'd say it's probably closer to, like, three times the health, just since uh, when you have two people, you can revive. So, yeah. like, the odds are are more than, like, double better that two people will do better. Um. So and that really came through in the area with the columns where you're going through that, like kind of like tunnel scene. Cause the columns have so much fucking health whenever you're playing co-op because it's just like exponentially more. Um, so like that was something that I don't even think we ever got to the last phase, like playing co-op. And then it took me like three tries. So like single player to get it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm coming back to it every once in a while. I've been super busy. Um, And, like, I've only been playing on my Switch lately. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Like, outside of a couple, of like, phone games. But, uh, yeah, like, Cuphead's still really good. um, I'm right near the end. I'm on, I think, the last island, and then you have to fight, like, the two, like, big final bosses. Um, Yeah. But it's really good. It's tough. Um, But it feels, like, super rewarding once you get it down. And um, we've got a couple of, like, I had one that was almost perfect where, like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right right before I got the knockout on the boss, like, I got hit by just, like, some projectile that came out of nowhere. Um, mm. So, like, I mean, I still had some extra health to spare, but it was just, like, I was so close to the perfect. And then, um, yeah, the, the mermaid. Um, yeah, I think the mermaid's the one I got a perfect score on and
1: what was it about the game that unlocks like the final boss? Like, I feel like there was a,
2: um, there was a condition. You, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but, uh, it's, you can't, Mm -hmm. you have to beat all of the bosses on regular. You can't beat them on simple. Got it. Um, yeah, that's tough. uh, Yeah. And I, I just haven't even bothered with simple just for that reason. Just like, yeah, like, I mean, I want to get through and I'll get to the boss and you know, I'm going to get better by playing the harder difficulty. Um, but yeah, and I think it's, you can get right up to the devil, but then, um, to fight the devil, you need to beat them on regular. So have you tried
0: a simple yeah. level yet?
2: Um, yeah. So the first time we fought, um, Luna, whatever the, the first like plane fight, um, yeah, The the first time like we spent a good, like 40 minutes trying to beat it on regular and just like screw it, we'll do on- loot on simple and just get out of the way. Cause yeah. it takes out that last phase where she turns into the big moon right um oh, interesting
0: yeah that's yeah. what i was gonna say brian i'm not sure if you know this when you play on simple it it like alters the phases um, yeah like it, it takes whatever.
2: out like the hardest phase
0: yeah and i think it's actually there's there was an op-ed in polygon easy. um that was like playing on simple shouldn't remove some of the best content or whatever um and i agree with I mean, that i actually felt kind of i don't know it like what are you, so, what were you about to say
2: i i actually kind of like it where it's like it, it is not just like oh like we got rid of some of the health or yeah. like we took out some projectiles like like there's something yeah. it's like no there's actually more challenge here it's not like you need to get better at like repeating the same mundane task where it's like you can just farm simple mode over and over mm-hmm. again like i mm-hmm. i'm definitely not in the boat that thinks like this game deserves to um like this game shouldn't have an easy mode. It, it, this is a game for real smart adults, not for babies. <laughs> like I'm definitely not in that camp. Like I'm fine with games having an easy mode, even something like, like if Dark Souls had an easy mode, like, cause we're like, I really want to communicate why that game so beautiful to people. And it's like, I'm someone who's played and beaten those games multiple times. And I still get hung up on stuff whenever I go back yeah. and revisit them. Um, yeah. Like, uh, Ornstein and smile is still just like always just f- the biggest fucking pain in the ass. Um, but like, yeah, I, I actually do enjoy that. It's not like, Oh no, we just like lowered the health bars or like we like created yeah. like, um, right. like smaller hit boxes for you or whatever. But like, like I, I do enjoy It's like, like, no, like you can practice that first part. Cause I, I think it's largely the same. Otherwise, like I don't think that the health gets altered really much or, um, the amount of projectiles that gets thrown at you. So it's like, you can like rehearse these like first big parts and get those down. And like, that shouldn't change from simple to regular, um, much if at all. And then it's like, but like, you still need to fight like this big, like, um, the example I can kind of think of is, um, in Star Fox 64, where if you took, Mm -hmm. um, the bottom path to Andross, like it was a super easy boss fight with Andross. But if you took the top path, which was just harder anyways, um, like, it's a radically different boss fight, like, that's um, yeah, like, yeah. it, you fight the brain. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you fight the the brain and And like, I kind of think of it that way where, um, like, like, yeah, like in, in a game that that's kind of part of the point of the game. Um, and like, so like, uh, like, uh, my roommate, she is an artist and she's like really fond of like that kind of art style yeah. but she's she had trouble with the platforming bits of night in the woods um yeah okay so uh cuphead's really not her cup of tea um but Good so she of- like she i was like who sorry huh? I, I, oh, I thought you I, I asked that. a question I a cup of tea oh uh, uh, I, like, I, I, I see what you did there um, i see what you I did, what there. You did there. Ah. Yeah. um but yeah so like she just kind of sat and watched us and like I know that there, some asshole actually did say like, "Well, there is an easy mode. It's called let's plays," and like I don't, oh, I, don't um, I don't subscribe to that. Um, yeah, shut the hell up. But like I was like, "Yo, Danny, like come watch us play this because I, I, I know you're bad at video games and I think this is something you'll really appreciate." Um, mm-hmm. So like I I do kind of wish that there was a mode where she could like still enjoy it but I do understand like the idea of the creators of this game had a vision for what they wanted to make and what they wanted to make was this like old school like true to like what those games used to be. Um, Like in the, I feel like in the vogue of like Shovel Knight where it's like we're going to like improve on these like old school kind of formulas and bring our own twist on it and like make it a modern version of that instead of like recreation like I, I i respect the art of what they're trying to make and like the goal that they had um but i do think right. that there should be some accommodation for accessibility
0: sure world
1: of warcraft is an interesting thing too with their difficulties that i don't really like is that like um so there's there's like three difficulties for raiding in wow and it's kind of similar to cuphead and there's like an, a, a normal one a heroic one and those are essentially identical except heroic is more difficult and then there's the mythic difficulty which Unlike the other two, requires an exact amount of twenty players to to be balanced. And then what I think is really kind of lame is they hold out certain like lore based content in certain parts of the fight, like certain phases of the fight for for mythic. And so for example, the folks that I play with, we don't we don't do mythic rating, we don't have the we don't have the capacity to do it, we don't have the people or the time to devote to mastering it. Yeah. But because of that, we kind of miss out on like some really interesting, like pieces of of wow lore because of it and so it's kind of lame but like uh yeah i don't know i think that's really interesting and so i don't really look very very i don't really like that very much to hear that like cuphead does a similar thing but at the end of the day like i don't know what am i gonna do like cuphead was still pretty cool when i played it yeah so um cuphead doesn't have a hard mode though does it it just has like a, a easy and a normal there
0: is a uh um, I'm pretty sure there is like some sort of secret hard mode that like puts it in black and oh. white. Um,
1: very cool.
0: Uh, Ben pack, I think unlocked it on giant bomb. I can't remember the parameters <laughs> for that, but
1: shout out to Ben pack. Shout
0: out to Ben pack. He's funny. Yeah. Um, tell me about steam world dig two.
2: You digging it? Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. Great. Dig deep into yep. it really quick. Um, yeah, I will. Uh, So SteamWorld Dig 2 is, uh, the sequel to SteamWorld Dig 1, which it follows basically the same format of that where, um, you are, uh, like it's a, it's a Metroidvania meets Minecraft. It's the best way to kind of, uh, just break it down to like it's kind of core mechanics where you're constantly digging and like finding resources, but, uh, like the resources are then like turned into currency. Um, so you're like digging farther and farther down, and you'll find these little caverns where you unlock like new abilities. And then um, with these new abilities, you'll travel back to places you've been and unlock new secrets and new upgrades and um, and like so on and so forth. And uh, in Steam World Dig One, I believe it was uh, kind of procedurally generated, like the way that the caverns were laid out. In mm-hmm. um, Steam World Dig Two, it definitely feels a lot more like,
0: designs like yeah,
2: like there there's a map, there's a direction that you're gonna go. Like I'm sure like the resources are like randomly placed throughout the world, but um, and like I there's something about it initially that I was kind of like, oh, this kind of feels like linear, and I really enjoyed the idea of like me just kind of like, oh this is my mind I'm creating, um, and you know, like you know like, the plot wasn't really important at all it's like oh that's a small town that's poor and so you're going and digging for resources in this like abandoned mine um that used to be like the like economy of the town um and like there wasn't really much plot to it at all uh, until like the the very end where you like um you find this machine and like that actually like like the, well there wasn't much story there it's like the jumping off for the story of two where there's actually like quite a bit of story and there's a lot more humor and, or like not that the, the steam world games, like their bread and butter is like this, like these, like this cute robot steampunk aesthetic that has like a really good humor to it. And this game just feels like one of definitely better than steam world. Dig one. Um, and up there with steam world heist in terms of like the level of, uh, humor and character that it brings to it. like, I think that heist had a better like kind of crew of characters. Cause, uh, in steam world dig, you're kind of isolated as you're like digging through these mines. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a really great, like cathartic game, like, especially for switch where it's just like, I just want to like go and kind of dig around and, um, just like explore for a little bit, just kind of quietly and on my own. Uh, yeah, I'm playing a bunch of that and it's been really good. there's, definitely a lot more to it. And like the RPG elements are a bit better and the upgrade system is better than World dig one. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And I, I definitely feel like the tools it gives you, um, are definitely like more specific. Like you get like a really cool grappling hook that you didn't really have in the first one. And I felt like the first one, like it's like, Oh, here are just kind of cool things that'll help you dig better. And this one is like, yeah, Oh no. Like we designed these levels and these puzzles and like they, they each have a specific purpose and um, it's a little more utilitarian sort of like, Oh, here's a new way to dig. It's like, no, no, here's like a new way to travel. And like, this will open up different parts of the map. Like it's definitely a lot more, uh, leads more into the Metroidvania than it does into like the kind of mindless exploration and like, uh, mining Minecraft part of it. Like it's definitely, hmm. uh, I think a positive change in direction and, Like, I kind of wanted to see the series do something new because, like, oh, they made a really cool, like, adventure, uh, like, platformer, and then they did a really cool strategy game, and then they went back to it. Uh, Yeah,
0: and you know they're doing Heist 2 as well. Like, it'd be nice if they tried something else.
2: Yeah, and I'm sure that they'll find a new system, even though, like, I actually really appreciated Heist System because, like, it it brought, like, a new perspective on turn-based strategy games, like where it's not grid based. It's like, you have to like aim your shots and, um, yeah, it was like a, it's like a 2d strategy game with like verticality in it. Like it was really cool.
0: Um, cool. But yeah. Um, it's
2: dope. I kind of want to play it, but I know that, uh, Mario's coming out in a couple of days. And yeah. No, that, that was my, like, I was like, Oh, I, I don't want to drop, it's like especially it's like 20 bucks like I don't know if I want to drop that money before Mario and then I was like you know what I'm just gonna do it and then I yeah. did and I was very happy with it and um
0: it's yeah uh, you, know, you know you'll come back to it I mean because like Mario games are really really great for honestly just like a couple weeks until you kind of unlock everything and like I don't, I don't know I, yeah. I don't find very much value in returning to Mario games once you've found everything oh, see, I see I do I, I don't
2: know I, and like not like a week later but like yeah. I'll like next summer. I'll be like, I want to pick up Mario again. Yeah. Um, um, I think some of my fondest Mario memories were playing. Uh,
1: I played Mario 64 when it came out, of course, on the N64. Shout out. But then I also replayed it on the DS. Mm-hmm. I think months after it actually that Mario 64 reboot, or like, uh, what do you call it? Remake. Mmo port to the port, th- yeah. port to the yeah the super mario 64 mmo no the uh 64 uh uh port to the ds came out i like played the shit out of that yeah. and like beat it and that's when i think i really appreciated mario 64 but i'm i don't know i'm feeling like that was the last time i played a, a mario game since uh, up till today on friday because <laughs> today's friday
0: wait so you're saying and you haven't so like good. really played a mario game since mario ds the super the 60 60- i mean i kind of like spun around a little
1: bit in sunshine and did not play the galaxy games
0: wow dude you're missing out galaxy games are great also the uh 3d world is a little underrated in my opinion i think it's one of the better oh, totally modern mario games uh land 2 is on 3DS. That, does
1: that feel like what, what does that feel more like does that feel more like a 3d mario like adventure or does it feel more like a super mario like 3d land because i played super mario 3d land and that was good no it, well, it, it, it's
0: definitely more like land it's like a successor to that but i right. but i think yeah it still sort of like hangs with the uh 3d mario games like uh okay it's, like it's 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 focus is smaller like on smaller levels instead of like a hub world but it's kind of the yeah. same or multiple hub worlds you know it's it but it, you know it's the same sort of platforming I'm looking for a like I'm looking for a hubby plumber like i
2: i I, I n- so many of our topics, like, I can point back to a really good Mark Brown video, but Mark Brown has a video on, like, yeah. why Super Mario 3D World is, like, the best Mario game since, like, 64.
0: Yeah, it's really, really good.
2: Yeah, it's it's super good.
0: Um I was actually I thinking... we will
2: check it out because it's not on
1: Switch. That's
0: right. Not yet.
1: <laughs> not yet. If it will, I will buy it. I, this uh, is my I, my testament to, to you, the viewers. I will buy Super Mario 3D World if it comes to Switch.
0: Yeah,
2: if, if Reggie does that, I would buy it again, too.
0: I probably... Yeah, that's that's a shame to think about all the Wii U games that no one will ever play. Mm-hmm. Anyway, talk to me about Picross.
2: Okay, Picross. So, Picross is a game series that's been around since I think the original Nintendo DS, uh, Nintendo DS. Um, well,
0: so Picross is a type of it's like a it's a entry in a series of games for Nintendo, but the type of game is like nanograms or something is what it's actually yes. called. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Huh. Um. So yeah, it's a like number picture puzzle where Mm -hmm. um, you are like you're working with a square grid. Um, You start off with five by five and the ones I've been playing with lately are 10 by 10. And uh, on the X axis and Y axis, you're given a set of numbers that represents um, the amount of spaces filled in and the patterns that they're filled in, in. But, um, like they don't always equal like the number of cells in that row. Um, And so like you could have a uh, 10 cell row and it's like, okay, two and four. So there are two shells or two cells next to each other that are shaded. And then there's a set of four cells that are shaded. And like um, you're getting like context clues from uh, ones that you filled in. And like, you're very like slowly being like, okay, well if I know that there's eight, in this like 10 cell column that like the middle six has to be filled in no matter what. And then there's a couple other spaces that could later be filled in. Um, So like, you're very like incrementally like building this puzzle and it's like, it's kind of Sudoku like in the way that like you're working with math and numbers and like filling in spots in a grid. But um, you're all like, you're trying to build this image. So there's also a little bit of like, it's really tempting to not just be like, Oh, well like logically, like there's a pattern here and this would go there. Yeah. Um, I started playing it in like, okay, I don't want it to guide me and I don't like, I want to get a flawless run. So like sure. I've turned off like all of the clues I've turned, like there's, there's actually like a really, um, there's a really like nice kind of system where, uh, like by default, it tells you like, like certain like like, uh, parts of the axes will be like filled in blue, and it won't yeah. tell you like necessarily like, what to do there. But it's like, hey, start here, like there's something sure. right here, um, and I was playing with that for a while, and then I was like, oh, but I can get a better, and like it's, there's not even scores, but it's like, I can get a little star next to this if I do it without that. And so I started playing yeah. without that, where it's like. I'm, like, building it without any kind of context clues other than, like, the basic, like, what's in a column and a row. And it is, it's very fulfilling and, like, in the kind of shitty way that people were joking about, um, like, oh, Cuphead is a game for, like, smart, for intellectuals. <laughs> like You're mixing that up with, with Rick and Morty. <laughs> well, but, like, people were saying that shit about Cuphead, too. Sure. Um, but, like, this game actually, like, makes me feel really fucking smart whenever I like finish a hard puzzle and like am playing it without any of the clues. And like, I'm sure that, you know, it wasn't nearly as hard as like, like as I made it out to be, but it's still just so like rewarding and fulfilling. And like, it's something that's just like pure, like problem solving and like mathematics. And like, it's just, it's so nice. And it's really easy to like have something on. Like I've been like getting into basketball and mm-hmm. so like i've been getting home and it's like oh yeah, you know, i'll have like a game on in the background and i'll, I'll just be playing pit cross and like whenever i kind of hear something something happening, I'll, like, I'll look up and be like oh shit what's going on um yeah. it mm-hmm. it's it's it is the like perfect switch game it
0: nice
2: i um, oh, super adore it and it's only eight bucks like i would recommend anyone with a switch to pick it up that's cheap yeah.
0: excellent um let's move into the daily scroll uh we're running a little long, this so cool. I'm just going to knock through a couple of these real quick. And yeah, this the we'll scroll lightning round. The Kinect is dead. Microsoft is no longer making them. Uh, had a it good was run. a bad idea. <clears throat> had a good run. I did like yelling at my TV Kinda, and my Xbox, though. Rip in peace. Kind of wish
1: I could yell at my Xbox and TV, but yeah. not going to miss it because I never
2: tried it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the camera sucked. The microphone was cool.
0: 13 original Xbox games are now compatible with Xbox One. These games are Ninja Gaiden Black. Fusion Frenzy, Bill Gates' favorite game. Uh, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, Psychonauts, Crimson Skies, High Road to Revenge, and there are more. I know I said I was going to say all 13 of them, but I didn't. Because we didn't write They're them available down. Uh, for $10. I played Ninja
1: Gaiden. It was really hard. I kind of want to play Ninja Gaiden Black.
0: i heard, heard that's the good one. Um, so
1: Arthur Geese says. That's the only reason why I'm really that interested.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Hitman 2016 is getting a Game of the Year edition with new maps and features patient zero campaign costs $20 for people that already own the base game. It will be available as part of a $60 purchase for anyone buying the game for the first time. Um, all of the elusive targets are, are coming back for those who missed previous opportunities, but if you already did them, you're shit out of luck. Okay. That's those ones. Do you care Rhodes? Yeah. Do you care? Uh, about that? I've let that game sit on my PlayStation for the better part of a year and I just haven't, um, gone back to it. So I'm, I'm excited to like have an excuse to revisit it during the holidays. Maybe. Yeah, um. I'm
2: I'm so bad at that game. Uh same. We had uh D D tonight and we were at this uh we we're at this like super like ritzy party like where it's like a rich person auction and uh our DM was like, Oh, like let's put on party music and it was it sounded just like the uh fashion so- fashion show in like Paris or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, This is like it's like this sounds exactly like Hitman and you're like giving me PTSD of like how terribly I was like fumbling around <laughs> that map and trying to like impersonate the the supermodel. And yeah, God, yeah, no, th- that game is so evocative and like I enjoy watching people who know what the fuck they're doing play it. But it's just something that isn't on like my spectrum of skill
0: for sure. Um, I get that I have a lot of fun with it still and part of the fun is like fucking up too and trying to get out of the situations but anyway um, if you want to hear us talk about Hitman 2016 go back to earlier episodes of this podcast Deep Cuts, Deep cuts. so someone take this first news item um, about our friendly animal friends coming to mobile um
1: So Animal Crossing Pocket Camp was announced with a November release date, which I think is very exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is going to be a mobile game on iOS and Android that was um, revealed on 1024 or Tuesday uh, of this week. Uh, Similarly to its console counterparts, players assume the role of a townsperson living in a community of cute animals. Uh, As a player, your goals really are to collect and craft furniture, which is a new thing for Mm -hmm. uh, the series to... uh, Pimp out your own, uh, it's a stupid way of saying, make your own camper. You live in a van camper, look very cool. Um, And also collect furniture for your neighbors. Fishing will make a return as that's a big staple of that series. Uh, You can shop and eventually pay off your loans to the infamous raccoon Tom Nook, uh, ensuring that cutesy capitalism is alive and well.
0: Yeah, so Um, Tom Nook will um, take your actual money this time.
1: Yes, that's the fucked up part. Yeah, Uh, I don't know if the two of you have have seen, but in Australia, it's currently available for whatever reason. And so some folks in games journalism are using accounts that are based in Australia to play the game right now. Uh, And it looks like there's a lot of microtransaction stuff that exists to allow you to speed up crafting times. I think even like the trees, when you shake the trees, they drop fruit out. I think they tr- they drop fruit once a day, but in this game, like there's an actual like timer attached to them, which I think just sort of contributes to this whole, like uh, they are using time to monetize the game. So if you pay 40 bucks, you're going to be able to do things a lot better and faster than someone who doesn't pay a dime. So, mm-hmm. mm, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I have friends who are, over the moon about just the fact that an Animal Crossing was announced, but um, it's it's interesting.
0: Those games are not for me. I, I I'm yeah. I don't know. I don't think I'll be playing this one. either I mean,
1: playing the fuck out of it. Nice. I'll try it. Uh, I did not try Fire Emblem Warriors, but I will try it. Fire Emblem
0: Warriors is good. Like yeah, they've been doing good stuff with their mobile games. Their mobile if, strategy seems if strong. If you ignore Metomo, Nintendo's
2: yeah. been fucking aces in the mobile games. Like Super Mario Run. I've talked ad nauseum about how much I love that game and like yeah. they just like for free or it's like, Oh, Hey, here's a lot more levels and, uh, like challenges. And it was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um, and like this was one of the first things that they announced and like for them to have not announced an animal crossing, um, on switch at all yet. Like I'm just like feeding for whatever animal crossing they're going to give me. And I'm, I'm excited about this. Like I'm usually pretty good about not, um, spending a bunch of money on free to play games, mm-hmm. um, or just games in general with my, uh, microtransactions, But, um, so like, I, I think I can play this f- and be fine without like, especially like if it's something that a couple of times a day, I just like pop into like, um, mm-hmm. uh, the magic game. I also was like, like, it's the same thing. It's like, Oh, like you, it's basically just a waiting game. Yeah. And, uh, like I played a lot of that and I, didn't really spend any money on it, so I got. Um, yeah. yeah, I
1: I think that like the thing that this game really needs to have going for it is the thing that I enjoyed about Animal Crossing, is feeling like I could, I could just start playing it like multiple times a day and and feel as though there's something to do or that like I was encouraged to be in that world even though I had finished all of my tasks for the day, and so I think the difference between me playing this game and not playing this game is if I play it for the first time, do a bunch of stuff and then go about whatever I'm doing that, that day as a human being. And then I log back in later on my phone that day. If I feel like I am not encouraged to be in that world because I need to either pay money to continue to interact with yeah. it or wait. If I get that feeling, I'm probably just going to not play it again after
0: one try. For sure.
2: No, no, I think that's fair.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of how I operate. Yeah.
0: If you wanted to voice your opinions about uh, microtransactions, where would you post them?
1: Uh, That's right. Well, I can you don't tell you where anywhere. you can't post them. Where you shouldn't post them anymore. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so this week, the other sort of big piece of news is that NeoGAF, a popular forum, is dying or perhaps dead. Um, I think that people are, so, people
0: are, real quick, I just want to say that, like, uh, what's going to happen is that, like, Alt right weirdos and gamer gators are going to take over NeoGaf, and that's just what it's going to be. But continue. Yeah,
1: that's like the yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't know, NeoGaf is a gaming forum that uh, is currently experiencing a mass exodus of members following sexual harassment accusations made against the founder and administrator Tyler Malka. In response to those accusations popping up over this weekend, a majority of the moderating team quit and founded a new forum, Reset Era or Reset
0: Era. That's like Reset Era. Um,
1: Etc. Yeah. Uh, if you are interested in getting sort of a play by play rundown of what the accusations are and how they sort of formed and Tyler Malka's horrible response to them, uh, waypoint has a waypoint vices, uh, gaming website has a really great, um, expose, I guess a little bit like going into it from, uh, Patrick Klepek, yeah. but, um, and while this situation is unfortunate and like really bad because it's just another guy being sort of outed as being a horrible person, Um, The other sort of result of this is that a community like NeoGAF is kind of uh, losing its relevance now because of this. And I think the relevance is generally being questioned um, as to whether or not dedicated forums are really going to exist in 2017 and beyond. At one point, NeoGAF was sort of seen as a gray area where you could have developers and fans interacting at the same time. Mm Uh, now that these accusations have come out, it seems like GAF is just going to face a slow death um, or transition into just sort of like this fringe website where you have voices of people that are fine supporting this this administrator, uh, continue to talk about games and maybe just games because now the um, the policy at NeoGAF is we're only going to talk about video games. We're not going to talk about anything else going on in this world. Yeah,
0: yeah I never had NeoGAF... Uh, an account i never posted i maybe in my time following games have like logged on or like typed neogaf.com like 20 times um and yeah. you know when we were writing the news blurb i was sort of saying like i don't know i i came up at a time when like myspace was big and that's like when yep. i first started going online and like even when i did visit a gaming website like i I never visited the forums uh, i always had this like weird feeling that people weren't nice on forums for some reason um huh. so i don't know yeah it's, it's weird like i never relied on neogaf i knew that people i respected either lurked or posted to get stories or something or, or hung out there and talked about games but I, I always thought that it had a weird reputation that i didn't really want to be part of
2: yeah w- whenever i was writing a lot um i had to use it as a resource a lot like just a checking it for like any kind of like news stories that might pop up, but then also trying to use it as a tool to, um, kind of, you know, spread our content as an editor. Sure. Uh, and I a it. Like I, I don't use Reddit now. And, um, <laughs> and so that was another thing. It's like, okay, I need to use Reddit. I need to use NeoGAF. And like just those kinds of places, like there's always a diverse kind of community, like, like, there's always different pockets and like different values and it's really widespread and like hard to pin down into being like one um like being part of one kind of mindset or ideology um, yeah. so yeah it's mm-hmm. it sucks because you know that was a home for people and while there was sure like a lot of like violent vitri- vitriol there like and, the, and in it, it wasn't it wasn't 4chan. <laughs> you know, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not like a totally yeah. despicable place. Like, I feel like it's one of the places that, like, there is like a marketplace of ideas, like, you know, like as much as we can have one in the 21st century. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I mean, this is a valid reason for it to die.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah. That guy, yeah. his response to these allegations from, this woman which again you can read on waypoint um are kind of despicable um he's very like sure of himself and sure of his idea of consent and like what that means and like what he's communicating when he acts and and stuff but it, it it's really gross and and that's it's not even like there's like like different degrees of her- harassment you know obviously and and, mm-hmm. and like any level is disgusting but it's not even so much what he did that weirds me out is his like refusal to it, just the way he talks about it is really makes me like kind of it makes my skin crawl he's very like yeah. I don't know
2: especially at a time where like this stuff's in the forefront and yeah, like people like, are actually you like, not
0: see it the way victims and and survivors are like
2: this in particular kind of stands out to us like because like it's our community but like um like in regards to how other people have been like accused and responded like his has been pretty like exceptionally gross like where like you know harvey weinstein was you know at least like trying to be like apologetic like not that that dude deserves any kind of fucking credit for anything but like he did like no. a week stint in a sex rehab center or whatever like dudes. Yeah. oh he did it Yeah d- dude's <laughs> like at least pretending like he's fucking remorseful Yeah like and like even fucking <laughs> former president of the United States like apologized for touching women's asses today oh, Jesus that was some shit dude Yeah man. and then I I did the fu- that shitty fucking movie director ever ap- apologize or say anything
0: Which one Woody Allen?
2: Uh, no, he's, he's never going to, uh, <laughs> the, the guy who's like, oh yeah, I worked with, with Robert Danny Jr. Then like he'd come in his pants and like, uh, <laughs> uh I have yeah, no like, idea. It, I, I forget his name because I, I don't like remembering the names of like, yeah. I'm not going to make an active effort to fucking remember that sure. dude. Um, sure. but yeah, like I don't think that guy said anything. And, um, I mean, fuck like, yeah, that the NeoGaff dude, his response was exceptionally bad.
0: Well, it's it's yeah. promising at least that the modders for NeoGAF, um yep. the, the the more progressive leaning ones have have yeah. jumped ship. Um, and they in three days time created a new forum called Reset Era or Reset Era. And it's made up of, like I said, old old modders. One that I'm very familiar with is Nibelian or Nibelian, who just goes by uh, Nibel on Twitter. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know he was a gaff mod. Mm-hmm. I think It's got to be the same person. Um, Yeah,
1: it is. Dude's pretty great.
0: Yeah. So uh, invites, I'm sure, will be going out very slowly for that, and then it'll be open to the public a couple months from now. Um, But I've tried to sign up because, you know, despite all all I was saying about forums and stuff, I am finding solace in certain places like the Waypoint Discord and the Waypoint forums are pretty good, and um, a member of, like, the Awful Squad Junior Discord and some other, like really positive online spaces so uh i think if you can press reset and um join a new community like why wouldn't you you know without all the baggage of neogaf behind it um, right. totally yeah okay well i think um that's gonna do it for us unless you guys have anything else no okay it's mm-hmm. good uh no. thank you for listening to our show about video games you can follow us at fans of genre on twitter and uh, i'm at Rhodes clark
1: I'm at Brian T. Swanson. I'm Mikey Krieger at Mikey
0: Krieger on Twitter.com. A big thank you to John Bash who recorded our awesome theme song. Find more of his music at johnbash.com. Check out infinite where we occasionally write articles. Uh, that's going to do it as fans of the genre. We hope you found something to enjoy.